Carolina Risotto. What's up, guys? I'm Carolina Risotto. Welcome back to another episode of No Ducks Given Podcast, the podcast where we talk openly and honestly about the highs and lows in life because vulnerability is a superpower, not a weakness. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different from what we usually do. I don't feel like I'm coming to you today with any solutions specifically to what we're going to be talking about because this is something that I've been trying to navigate, I guess, my whole life, but it's become really like prominent the past couple of months. Like It's something that it's calling more and more of my attention in all of my personal relationships, and that's people-pleasing. People-pleasing is generally defined as like this urge to help people so bad that sometimes you even prioritize other people's needs over your own. And this is something that I feel like I do a lot with time. And I think it starts off with that concept of treat others the way that you want to be treated or, hey, it's important to be generous to other people and to help out and to show up without expecting anything back. But I think in reality, like we do get a bit of a rush when we're generous with other people. Like we feel good about ourselves when we do that or we like feel validated in some way. So I think it's a real fine line between being generous and being there for other people and helping without expecting anything back, but also being so helpful and doing it so often that you kind of become addicted to that feeling of validation that you get when you do something for someone else. If you start pleasing others so much that you start forgetting about yourself, then you start putting yourself in a toxic relationship with everybody around you because you're so obsessed with helping everyone that you become second priority. And that's not how things should go. Like we should still come first because if we're not doing well, how are we supposed to help other people feel better? Put your safety mask on the plane before you put it on someone else. Because if you pass out on the plane because you're out of air, how are you going to help other people, right? That's kind of what I'm trying to get to you here today. So I found this article from Medical News Today, which has a list of like things that people pleasers usually do. So I want you and I to go through this list together. This is going to be kind of like an exercise. And we're going to figure out today if we're people pleasers, okay? So... We're going to go one by one. I'm actually kind of excited about this because I really want to find out if I am a people pleaser. I think I kind of am, which is strange because a lot of my friends are like, when I say that to them, they're like, no, come on, Carolina, you're not a people pleaser. You always say what you think and feel. I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm pretty straight up and honest, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I stay quiet or I don't prioritize myself at all. It's happened for several years. So me becoming more outspoken is also me realizing more my people-pleasing tendencies. So bear with me. So we're going to go through this list together and find out both you and I today if we're people-pleasers. Or even like if you recognize some of these characteristics on someone you know, then you definitely know you need to send them this podcast episode. So stay tuned. Let's go through this list from Medical News Today. I'm super excited. So I got my phone here and my little No Ducks Given sticker. It's so cute. I love it. I really honestly love my logo and the whole concept that I created for the podcast. It's something I'm personally proud of. And I love that I can just like have an excuse to have a huge yellow duck with me next to me when I'm recording. If you're watching us here on video. Yeah, I love having my duck next to me when I'm recording videos. It's a blast. It usually stays in my living room. And then when I record episodes, I just bring it wherever I am. 
The first habit of a people pleaser is you find it hard to say no. That is something that I relate to so badly, maybe even too badly. Whenever someone asks me something, I want to help so bad that even if I don't have the time to do that thing or I don't want to do that thing, I say yes. And because I am so committed to being loyal to people, even to people I just met, which I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do because that's kind of bitten me in the ass a couple of times this year. And I think I need to learn that lesson that loyalty is not just something you give away to people. But I find it incredibly hard to say no to people because I want to help. I have that urge of helping and I feel so good when I help people, right? Even making this podcast, I feel great making episodes and receiving you know, feedback from people saying, you really motivated me to make content or you really inspired me with this episode. Like That's a return that I'm getting from the podcast that I'm making. So for me, saying no to everyone is actually really difficult. Last week, I was celebrating my birthday. We were doing like this birthday dinner with a couple of my closest friends. It was really, really nice. Italian food. Love Italian. And the waiter was so sweet. But I remember that when it came time for dessert, he asked, do you guys want dessert? We have a couple of options. And we also have this dessert that we only have one more slice left. And it's something that I made. And it's so good. The thing is, the dessert that he described, which I don't remember, even though that was like a week ago, my memory is like a fish. I know that that dessert was not something that sounded appealing to me and I was so full from all the food that I was just like I don't want it but I feel so bad to say no to this really nice man who made this dessert and is separating the last slice for me the thing is I didn't want the dessert I didn't want to pay for that dessert and I was really full but that man that I just met was so nice and then suddenly he wins He's more important than my needs, right there. Now, I was really proud of myself that in that moment, I said no. I was like, thank you so much, but I think we're really full. I said it, I did it. I have to admit, I felt awful about it. My friends were like, come on, like get over it, it's your birthday. But I really was intentional about that no, because I have such a hard time doing that. <laughs> I really do. I'm sorry. I do. Because um, I felt like I was breaking his heart. I was like rejecting him. But that's not it at all. And I was even like, I'll come back another day. I'll have to try the dessert. So like I really try to lift people up in the process as I reject them. Okay, this wasn't a rejection. Maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic. But that's what it felt like. Because I care so much. And this is someone that, again, I had just met. But anyway, it is hard for me to say no. And I'm wondering if you guys relate to that too. I really hope so. Otherwise, I sound like the only crazy person in the room. I mean, I have a duck next to me, so maybe that was already clear. The second habit that is very common amongst people pleasers is you regularly take on extra work that you don't have time for. That is my whole life. A really practical example of this is how honestly... I worked for my sister for like eight years and I always put her projects first and I never prioritized my own. And that wasn't something that anybody really asked of me. It's something that I willingly did. I was always so obsessed 
with making my sister happy because well, I love my sister and her success is my success. And if she's successful, I'm going to be so happy and fulfilled. And my dream is for her dream to come true. These are all things that are still very true, by the way. But the problem was any free time that I had when I was not out working, you know, for another client, I would spend that time on my sister's career. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think it's really good. And I learned a lot working with my sister. We're actually quite a great team. But the problem was, sure, her dreams were my own. But outside of my sister, I had my own sets of dreams too. And things that I wanted to accomplish. And a project that I wanted to begin. And I spent so many years talking about the projects and the ideas. But I would never actually take the time and prioritize myself. So I think that was really hard to acknowledge because I wanted to help her so badly, but I also realized that I would only really be able to help her more if I started helping myself. And I did have an understanding that long-term, me giving up on my dreams in a sense, meaning not posting my content on social media, not making this podcast, not making my long form videos on YouTube, not posting my reels where I'm trying new things while we learn something new, letting all of these things not be created and not even knowing that they could be created because I would have never really given my imagination an opportunity to blossom like that. I know that long term that would have created resentment. So it reached a point where I realized I had to choose myself first and I had to take a step back from her projects. As much as I enjoyed that experience and I still help her whenever I can, even though now we're living in different cities, I do know that my project needs to come first. Just like for her, her project needs to come first. Now, my sister is only one example, right? I think honestly moving to New York is what's allowed me to really focus completely on myself and discover who I am outside of my family, outside of the world that I built in LA, which was very much a bubble of itself, you know, the world in film and TV. So then I come to New York and I have this opportunity to reinvent myself. I think that's one of the best parts about moving to a new city. It's like you can become whoever you want. And I allowed myself to explore that. For a long time, I had the natural tendency of wanting to help my sister and that being the thing that I did. And now that I couldn't do that anymore because she wasn't even in the same city as me, it kind of forced me to look within and start to think, what do I want to do with that free time? For me, that was a big moment of realization. And that's one of the reasons I also recommend to people moving out of their hometown, going to a different environment, doing something on their own, because then it allows you to think on your own. What are your own thoughts outside of the group of people that you grew up with? Or what are your own thoughts when you're alone? What would you order tonight if you didn't have to consider what your friends wanted to order too? Where would you go tonight if you didn't have to ask anybody where they wanted to go? I think that's kind of like how it goes. So... Going back to habit number two, which is you oftentimes, you know, take work that you don't have time for and end up prioritizing that. I can relate to that very hard. So, so far, it seems like I'm fitting pretty well into the people pleaser role, which I don't know if it's something that I'm proud of. <laughs> okay, it, it's getting really hot, so I'm actually going to take off my coat. I don't know why I put this on, to be honest. It is burning hot in here. Summer has arrived. 
So if you're on video, I'm stripping. Okay, I'm just joking, guys. I'm just taking off my coat. Don't get too excited. We're not that kind of podcast. I wanted to keep the coat for continuity's sake, but I don't think I was going to make it till the end if I didn't take it off. So here we are. The third habit that people pleasers usually have, according to medical news today, is that oftentimes they overcommit to plans. That's something I did actually two weeks ago. I totally overwhelmed myself because everything seemed important and everything seemed relevant and I wanted to show up for everyone and be like, hey, I'm reliable, look at me, I showed up, like, I came, I am here to honor you and your event. Ah, silly Carolina. I mean, honestly, all the events that I went to were important indeed. And they were conveniently close to each other, so I was able to make it. But the truth is, I was late to all of them. All of these three commitments that I had in one evening, I was an hour late to each one, but I showed up. But the problem is, then my day ends at midnight, and I have to wake up at 7, and I also still have to do all this work, but because I committed myself to going to all these events, I didn't get my work done, so now I'm behind on work, and I'm like, man, like... But I wanted to show up, you know, I wanted for people to see that they can count on me. But then, was I counting on myself? I don't know. I felt like it was a smart thing to do at that time. I'm wondering if any of you relate to that at all. But yeah, it's funny though, because when I overcommit to something, I end up on a loop of overcommitting. So then I overcommit to many things at the same time. So then usually I have like weeks of a crazy schedule and of tons of networking or tons of supporting people's projects, whatever it may be. And then I burn out and I overcompensate by not talking to anybody and not seeing anybody for a few weeks. And that's actually what happened to me just now. So this whole past week, I worked every single day from home, which is something that I usually dread because I like changing environments. You know, I'm a very visual person. I like going outside and interacting with people and seeing New York because it's my muse. I really needed just to be alone. And that's exactly what I did this week. And even on Friday, which was yesterday, I had to go to to like one event for 30 minutes After 30 minutes, I was like, done. I was like, okay, I really need to be alone now. This is too much. Like, I've had enough social interaction today, even though I had been alone all week. So that's that's the funny part, right? (laughs) I think my body overcompensates. The ideal thing, if I wasn't such a people pleaser, would be to not overcommit, right? Just select a few events that I can go, arrive on time. I hate being late. Hate being late. So I would like to arrive on time because I think that also shows respect. You don't want to be late to people's events. I would not socialize that much. I would balance time between being alone and being with people and showing up for them. I think that probably would have been a healthier approach. But people pleaser like me, which we're gonna change by the end of this episode. <laughs> that's not true, but we're gonna we're gonna learn something by the end of this episode, and that's what matters, and hopefully will become a better people pleaser because I don't think I'll be able to just abandon that overnight. The fourth habit of people pleasers is that they often avoid advocating for their own needs. And what that means is that they don't prioritize what they want and they also don't express it. So then people never really know what you want. And that's your fault, okay? If you're not telling people what you want, that's your fault. And that's why I'm also pointing the finger back to me Because that's my fault. Because people can't predict what I'm expecting or what I want. You know what I mean? 
So as people pleasers, we got to work on that. On a deeper level, I've started doing that with friendships and it's been interesting the results that I'm getting because I'm starting to notice that I've been attracting a lot of narcissists into my life because I give so much space to their needs exclusively that they have the perfect, comfortable place to make everything about them. And that's what narcissists are all about, right? On a simple, you know, general definition, narcissists are people who are a little bit too into themselves. You know, they think that their own needs always come first. So they're like the polar opposite of a people pleaser. So the people pleaser basically creates the perfect space for a narcissist to thrive, which is really scary. And that's what I've done for most of my life. Now that I start looking back at some of the friendships and the people that I've attracted today and five years ago and 10 years ago, whenever I've expressed my needs to the friends, which turned out to be narcissists, they did not meet me even halfway. They did not recognize that my needs were important and that they should also be met. Or they even come to as extreme as disappearing overnight, like ghosting me and never talking to me again. And I'm not talking just about random friends. I'm talking about people that were like closest to me at that time. Now, here's what's funny. I have some really healthy friendships, friendships where I don't need to set my boundaries and I don't need to stand up for myself because they have, I guess, similar values as me, right? They have the same vision of what respect is and consideration is and what generosity is. And so as they're filling my cup, I'm filling theirs too. It's a balanced relationship. So what I noticed is that the friendships where I need to start expressing kind of like things that are obvious to me, which are necessities like when I'm going through a hard time, it would be really important for me that you would be there for me and not make this about you or, hey, like, I really feel like this is my boundary. This is not a topic that I want to discuss. When I've set these boundaries and these people have left or have not shown that they care or understand, I feel like there's something wrong. And so when I have to state what's obvious to me to people and they still don't get it, I feel like it's just a friendship that's not compatible because we want different things or we have different priorities. But going back to the whole narcissist thing, it's just when you're pleasing other people too much, forgetting your needs constantly, you are going to end up attracting a ton of narcissists. And the thing I've learned about narcissists, and I'm using this word loosely, okay, because I'm not a therapist, I'm not a medical professional, so take the word for what it is. With narcissist, I mean someone who's too into themselves and constantly only prioritizes themselves. So what I've learned about people-pleasing is that you end up attracting these narcissists. And the problem about having a bunch of friends who are narcissists is that, sure, it might seem, like, innocent at first. Like, eh, no harm, no foul. Like, if this person wants to go on a 30-minute monologue every time we see each other and not ask me one question... It's fine. I want to know about them. I'm curious to know about them. But the thing is, that kind of person, when you actually need them to be a real friend and to be there not only for the good times, they won't be there. You will be because you're so used to feeding into that person and to pleasing them and to supporting them and to creating a space where they feel loved. 
but they're not going to give that back to you. So what I'm learning, and this is something I'm still learning, okay? So take this all with a grain of salt. This is just a perspective I've had this far, is that you want to be in friendships and you want to have relationships that feel balanced and healthy from the beginning and where you feel like you're having space to speak up and so are they and that you're asking them questions about their lives but they're asking you questions back so even though i have some friends who i'm like you know who i consider narcissists but who i also think are just nice people right i don't think narcissists are bad people i just think they fit into like a specific box of friendships like so like stay there you know uh, you're there for the good times, and, and when I actually need support, I'll go somewhere else. But it's come to the point for me where I don't even I don't even feel like that kind of friendship serves me. So I just step away completely because there's only so much time that I have, and I want to give that time to someone who I feel like I can really count on, and that's what I want. So this probably means me letting go of many friendships, which is crazy because, again, that's my fault. I've been attracting these people. I've been creating a space to attract these people. But I'm being intentional to decide that I only want to have friendships where they feel balanced and where we're filling each other's cup and where we're supporting each other. And that's just the way it goes. And if that means having less friends, that means having less friends. And I'm okay with that. I never thought that having to express my basic needs to a human would be so complicated. Like... Even explaining what respect is to someone I've had to do recently. And I'm like, seriously, I need to explain to you what respect is. It's like our values are just so different. This is never going to work. So we should just go our separate ways. It's okay. We don't have to be friends. We don't have to talk anymore. It's fine. No hard feelings. We're all just different, right? It's not that one's better than the other. It's just like, you're not good for me. And I don't think I'm going to be good for you either. All right. Damn, we're getting deep here. Are we? I don't know. How are you guys feeling? I don't know. (laughs) You tell me. The fifth habit of people pleasers is that they avoid disagreeing with people or voicing their honest opinion. I have no problem voicing my opinion. Not at all. Never really had that issue. But it's important to share your opinion. Don't just go with the flow because it's easy and it's better to not be confrontational. However, I do have to admit with the small things, I usually let it go. So when it comes to going out, I usually just like ask everybody, what do you guys want? What do you guys want to do? Let me know and I'll find a place that fits everybody's needs. That's usually how we go about it, which is honestly not super healthy. But the reason that I do that is because... I like making sure that everyone's having a good time, right? The people pleaser in me. Because if everyone's having a good time, then I can chill and have a good time. But if people give me the responsibility of choosing where we're going to go, I want to make sure that everybody likes it. And that we don't have to worry when we get there about going to a different bar because someone doesn't like it or whatever. Of course, at the end of the day, it's all about the company. But since I don't get a lot of time off when they do go out, I want to make sure that I'm having fun and that the people that are with me are also having fun. But maybe that's just me being a people pleaser. I don't know. But when it comes to that, I definitely have the people pleaser tendency of asking everybody first what they want and then going back to what I want. But when I'm choosing the bar, I try to find something that I also like. So at least I have that going for me. So that's a really small example, though, of like standing up for yourself 
in voicing your needs, right? I'd say a more extreme example would be, let's say you're having a fight with someone and they're offending you or disrespecting you and you just stay quiet and you let them disrespect you because you don't want to be confrontational and you want to make sure that they feel good. You have to say something. You have to speak up for yourself because when you let people speak to you disrespectfully and you do nothing about it, then you're not respecting yourself. And that's the problem that I have here. I don't care what they're saying. Whatever they're saying says nothing about you, really. Like, you can take things in, reflect. If there's any actual criticism that's useful for you, sure, take it. But if they're being disrespectful, that has to do with them and not with you. And so what you need to do is respect yourself. So if that may be just walking away from the conversation or saying something back, saying what you really feel, then say it, of course, in a respectful way. Sometimes we can't control ourselves and it won't come out in a respectful way, but it's really benefited me to be confrontational with respect. If you overreact or you yell at them back or whatever it is the way that they're disrespecting you, or if you start like uh, cursing at them, then like the bar gets really low and you kind of like lose the right to be right almost because then you have something to apologize for so i think it's always best to try to keep your cool if you can because then you remain the voice of reason and staying calm and not letting the other person's disrespect get to you is like the best way to go i'm an outspoken person i definitely say what i think and what i feel but i'm also learning that there's definitely a lot of power in being silent and just observing people and not expressing what you think right away all the time especially if you don't have a super like well-formed opinion yet like give yourself time to think and to come up with your own conclusions if you don't have an answer that's okay i think it's like finding that balance between speaking up and knowing when to be quiet the sixth habit of a people pleaser is feeling the pressure to be friendly or cheerful now i am miss sympathy okay i always try to bring really good energy good vibes you know cheer people up lift people up they're having a bad day i'm like i'm here for you again doesn't matter who it is especially when like i go like grab a coffee and i can tell the barista is like having a bad day i'm like your day's gonna get better i'm sure because you're looking fine or something like that you know anything to cheer them up i think that's like a big habit of people pleasers but i don't think that's a bad quality like I like complimenting people. I like making people feel better because when someone does that to me, it feels so good. And especially during COVID, I remember that, you know, it was a really sad time. We were all super isolated. So the only social contact I would have is when I would go to the supermarket wearing my mask, social distancing, and pay for my groceries. So the the attendant that would, you know, help me pay for my groceries is the only social interaction I had that day. And when they would ask me, like, how's your day going? Or, oh, I really like your jacket. It would just make me feel so good. And they would turn a bad day into a good one, just like that. And so I like being that positive influence on people. So I don't know, does that make me a people pleaser? Okay, absolutely. But I like that part about being a people pleaser. Who said being a people pleaser has to be only a bad thing? I don't know. We make the rules out here. We give no ducks about medical news today. We're saying it's a good thing. Not that they said it's a bad thing. The seventh habit of people pleasers is that they never have time for themselves. That is so true. Because if you're giving all of your free time to other people or adapting to everybody's schedules or prioritizing everybody's needs, what's going to happen? 
Nothing's going to happen to you. You're only going to get drained and burned out. I'm so tired of being drained and burned out. I need to stop doing that to myself. Absolutely. Right away. Let's do it together. <laughs> oh my God. We're not going to do it. It's fine. We're, we're living and we're learning. Today, I'm a little better about taking care of myself and making sure that I make time for myself. I have my self-care practices, like even if it's just my daily breakfast, which actually I posted a little video on my Instagram today uh, showing it. I make like this toast with almond butter, caramelized bananas, which are just toasted bananas, by the way, sounds fancy, and some honey and chia seeds with coffee. To me, that's like my daily morning self-care. That already makes me feel well and loved. I'm much better today than I was like three years ago about prioritizing my needs and doing something for myself. I still need to get better. Like I still prioritize work and social life way more than I do myself, which is also why when I have a week like this one where I just give all my time to myself, it's so important. But I think it's also just that overcompensation for not giving anything to myself not taking care of myself. So right now, actually, my evening ritual is laying in bed, watching a movie on a projector, in my pillows with my little string lights on. And I've been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay, his new show, Next Level Chef. So much fun. There's like an elevator with food and then the elevator's moving as you're grabbing the ingredients. Anyway, it's such a thrill. What a smart show. But that's something I've been doing every single day this week which also shows me like how much I've been needing that because I haven't even been watching much TV lately, but the need for self-care this week hit me so hard because I was giving so much to other people that this week I absolutely overcompensated and was just like, I just want to be alone every night in bed with my projector. And that's what I did every single night this week. And it's Saturday and I still don't feel like going out. Wow, if I, if I heard this, Eight years ago, I would be like, who is this girl? Because eight years ago, when I had just moved to New York, I remember that I would cry, guys. I would cry if I didn't go out on the weekend. I would be that upset. Things have changed, guys. Things have changed. And I can't say I used to do self-care back then either. Though I did used to go to the gym way more often. Going to the gym is another good self-care practice. We can do a whole episode about self-care. It's important to make time for yourself, you know? Us people-pleasers... You know, I'm talking as if you guys were people pleasers too. I'm just trying not to feel alone here. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, like we, we gotta make sure we do things for ourselves. And even the other day, here's another example. Decorating your room, your space, that's a form of self-care. That's a form of giving time to yourself. So don't feel like making time for yourself means doing face masks or watching Gordon Ramsay. It's kind of like whatever makes you feel good. But I do think it's important when you do that to usually like be alone or be with someone who's like who you're like really comfortable with and you feel like you don't have to try. I would say that's important, but that's my personal preference when it comes to self-care and what you do with your time for yourself. It is up to you, baby. The eighth and final habit of people pleasers, according to medical news today, is letting people take advantage of you. It took a while for me to think about this one, but I think it makes sense. Because when you put yourself in the constant position of a people pleaser and you end up surrounding yourself with people who are disrespecting you or not prioritizing your needs, because again, you're kind of giving them the space to do that as well, right? It's not that you're a victim here. It's your responsibility if you're not getting what you want because you don't express it 
or you're surrounding yourself by narcissists. It's still your responsibility. But the thing about being a people pleaser is that you tend to surround yourself by people who will take advantage of you because you're creating the environment for that to happen. You're creating the environment for you to be disrespected. People pleasing can definitely create really unhealthy relationships and toxic relationships. And so as much as I think it's important to be a generous person, when you reach the level of people pleasing, it's going to become hurtful to you at the end of the day because you're just giving and giving and giving and then you end up surrounding yourself with people who are not giving anything back. You're going to end up drained. And a toxic relationship, it's not just a relationship where people are hurting you physically or hurting you verbally. It's also a relationship where people are never showing up for you. And that's something really important. So how are you guys feeling this far? Are you feeling like you identify more with the role of the people pleaser or perhaps the narcissist? I mean, to be honest, I think we all kind of fall into one role or the other in different relationships in our lives. You know, sometimes we will be more the narcissist and then other times we will be more of the people pleaser. But I think as an overall, we predominantly present ourselves as one. And I majorly present myself as a people pleaser because I have the need to make other people feel better and it also validates me a lot right so a lot of people pleasers are known for being people with low self-esteem I wouldn't say I have low self-esteem I don't think that applies to me but I am addicted to making other people feel good which is not really healthy long term because then sometimes I think I start changing the way I behave or my personality and adapting based to what I think other people will want me to be. And then like, I'm just different depending on who I'm talking to. I feel like I change the way I speak, the jokes that I make, the tone that I have. I'm trying to fit into an environment and to be accepted and to be loved, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like everybody wants to be accepted and to be loved, but you don't want to lose yourself on your way there. And I feel like I kind of did. And then I was just giving so much of myself and trying so much to be liked, even by people who don't like me. I'd be like, oh my God, why does this person not like me? I never did anything to them. No, I'm going to make sure that they do. I'm going to give them extra compliments. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to make them feel better. Didn't change a thing. Because at the end of the day, (laughs) if someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. And that's okay. And I think there is no amount of people pleasing that you can do that's going to fix that without hurting yourself, at least. And hurting yourself, to me, is lying to yourself or being unfaithful to yourself. So when you start creating these dual personalities or changing the way you talk or the things you say just to make someone feel better, like, but I don't want to be adapting myself that much to other people. I feel like that's a weakness and a strength in a way that I have but I have to find the right balance. It needs to always still be authentic and real. And I think I need to stop putting time into people who are not putting time into me. I think that's one of the biggest problems about people pleasing is that we want to please everyone. It's not that it's one specific person. It might be for you or in a specific situation or during a period of time. But in general, in my experience as a people pleaser is that I want to please everyone. I want everyone to be on good terms with me. I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to be excited to see me or to invite me to their events. And when they don't, I still get a little upset. It still happens. Ultimately, I just want to feel loved. But that's the thing. I feel like when we're constantly just giving ourselves to other people 
and prioritizing other people, filling other people's cups, we end up empty because there's nothing else left on our own cup. So I think one of the dangers of being a people pleaser is lacking self-love because you're putting all of that love and that effort into the outside world because you're hoping it's going to come back. And that's a codependency that you just can't count on. Also because generosity is about giving without expecting something back. That's what really being generous is. And if you become a people pleaser and you completely depend or expect people to be nice to you because you were nice back, then how genuine are you really being? Or are you doing it just for, to get that love back? Just so you feel better? That's unhealthy and it's unsustainable because you cannot control what people are going to say and what people are going to do. So you can give a million dollars to someone. You can give all of your free time to someone and they can still not respect you. Because them respecting you has nothing to do with what you're giving. Them respecting you has to do with who they are as a person. Are they someone who respects people? Respect should just come as a basis. And if they don't respect their next door neighbor and they don't respect themselves, they're never going to respect you, no matter what you do. So being dependent on validation from people-pleasing, it's like one of the worst things you can do to yourself. So think about why you're giving to other people. Why are you being so generous? Why are you giving so many compliments? Why are you always going with the flow and not voicing your opinions? Think about the real intention why you behave the way that you do. And I think this can lead you into such a deep reflection about so many things in life, not just people pleasing. You can probably learn even more about yourself if you take the time to do that. When you're having social interactions with people and you say something, try to think, wait, why did I say that? Or before speaking, think about it first and then be like, why do I want to say that? So I think it's important to Stop hurting ourselves by pretending that we feel things that we don't feel or saying things that we don't mean. But most importantly, by creating expectations on other people and by being nice, just expecting something back. So that's why it's so important to practice self-love. I think that's when you really learn how to love others in a most authentic, deep and real way because you're just loving them because you love them. You don't love them because they did a specific thing or because they gave you something, or because they validated you. You love them because you love them. Because you love who they are. And I think it needs to be both ways. And we need to be that way with ourselves too. So step number one is realizing your actions. And then trying to connect them to your intentions. And then thinking about the energy that you're giving out, and the energy that you're giving in. And trying to find a little bit better of a balance. And I think sometimes to find balance, we need to overcompensate, which is kind of like what I'm doing right now. But I'm really tired of this pattern that I've created of overcompensating because I'm giving so much, so much, so much to other people. And then I have to just be completely alone and isolate myself. I want to find a better balance. And that's also why I wanted to record this episode, because I want to hold myself accountable. I want to measure my progress and I want you to do that with me. A year or two from now, I would like for us to talk about this again and see how much we've progressed, what we've learned, 
what maybe we were wrong about, you know, because I think as I evolve and grow as a human, I'm going to change my mind constantly about things I have already with time. So maybe in a year or two years, I'll be like, oh my God, like this part really didn't make sense or that I was really spot on, even though I didn't really fully understand it yet. I'm excited to see how I'm going to evolve and to see how you guys are going to evolve too. I really hope that after this episode, you take a little bit time to reflect on your intentions, on your social interactions, and also even reevaluate your social groups. You know, if you have to compromise friendships in order to prioritize yourself, I think sometimes that's just what you need to do. So think about the people who are really serving you, people who really give you a healthy, balanced relationship where you're naturally giving and they're naturally giving you back. I think those are the kind of relationships that we're looking for. Not relationships where every time you go out, it's a 30-minute monologue or they never really check in on how you're doing or they don't really care about your accomplishments. Like they want to make everything about them. Like that's not healthy. And if you stand up for yourself and that person is not reacting well, then that's another sign that you should step away. And it's funny because sometimes it just takes you disagreeing with that person once for you to see their true colors. So if you spoke up once and that person doesn't get it, they probably will never get it. So take some time to reevaluate your relationships. And if that means you spending more time alone, that's a win for you because it's more time of you loving yourself instead of giving your energy to people who just don't deserve it, ultimately. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. Remember to give it a nice five-star review. We need reviews in order for the podcast to grow. Share this with a friend who really needs to hear this today. I'm your host, Carolina Risotto, and this was No Ducks Given Podcast. Quack. Quack.